Hey folks, this is Season 3, Episode 6 of the Application Security Podcast. On this episode, we're joined by Katie Anton, who talks to us about XXE, or the new number 4 on the OWASP Top 10 2017. We break down what XXE is, what are the impacts of this vulnerability class. We talk about how to prevent it and how you can use some different tools to find it, as well as some recommendations for how we can deal with this going into the future. We hope you enjoy. The Application Security Podcast. Here we go. Hey folks, welcome to Season 3, Episode 6, XML External Entities, or XXE. Today, we are joined by Katie Anton, and this is Katie's second visit to the Application Security Podcast. Her first visit was in Season 2, Episode 17, where she joined us to talk about the future of the OWASP proactive controls. And so, today, she's here to talk about XXE, so we're going to skip our normal security origin story. And we're going to jump right in and ask Katie, hey, Katie, what are you working on right now? What projects are you working on? And, and I know you're a huge contributor in the OWASP universe. So um, what types type of things are you working on right now? Hi, Chris and Robert, and thank you very much for inviting me. So we are working to the final re- release of the OWASP Top 10 Proactive Controllers Project. We are close to it. And also, as I am an OWASP, Bristol chapter leader. Uh, I am going to be involved into the OASP AppSec conference, uh, where my drive would be to actually have as many possible female speakers on the conference. That would be my personal uh, goal. Yeah, so to all our female listeners out there, uh, I think it'd be great to look for some different topics and things that you could submit to AppSec EU. I can tell you as somebody who's been to AppSec EU in the past, uh, in, actually when it was in Rome, and it's a great conference. And it's just a, especially if you're somebody in the United States, it's a completely different group of people. This, this group of people at AppSec EU are not making it to AppSec USA or any of the other primary US conferences for the most part. And so I got a chance to meet a whole lot of new people that I would never would have met if I had, had stayed away. So, um, so definitely check that out. Um, so Katie, proactive controls and, and AppSec EU, that sounds like a pretty big, uh, amount of things that you're working on right now. Um, any, anything else that you're, that you're kind of, uh, looking at or working on? No, that is for the time being. Okay. Well, I'm sure you, um, you're, you're always keeping up with the OWASP universe. And that's why we invited you here today to talk about this new thing, XXE. And so why don't we start out, Katie, just by telling us what is XXE? What is the significance of it? And what do people need to know? Yeah, so XXE or XML external entities is an interesting one. And the interest is that at the beginning, it was a little bit confusing even among uh, the security professionals as being an injection issue. In fact, in the release candidate one of the OAS Top 10 2017, 
This vulnerability, or the CWE611, improper restriction of XML external entity reference, was listed under A1 injection. And for this, I think it's good to go back of this, a simple definition of what an injection is. And the injection occurs when an application accepts user-supplied user data concatenated with some kind of syntax that is then sent to another parser. For example, in the case of SQL injection, the user supply input is combined with the SQL command that is sent to the SQL parser, and the parser inter interprets that input as part of the SQL command. The same for example, cross-site scripting. The input is combined when creating the HTML document and when it's sent to the HTML parser, then is executed as part of an HTML and the tags are being executed and that's when script is triggered, script execution is triggered. However, the XXE is about submitting a perfectly legal XML document that uses document type definitions or DTD, which among other features enables the definition of XML entities and can refer to external entities. So the vulnerability in this case comes when parsing this syntactically correct XML document through a weakly configured XML parser. And this is what allows to read or overwrite resources you shouldn't do in the first place, like for example, accessing files or accessing backend services. So in this case, there is no injection. You are submitting a perfectly legal document, but based on how the XML parser is configured, this is when the vulnerability can be exploited. So is it is it primarily so so it's really not so it sounds like you're saying it's really not an injection attack because but but the XML itself that we're going to submit in an XXE attack it's going to have some type of so there I guess so there's not really a vulnerability there because I've seen some XXE attacks or or samples where it'll reference a file, for example, like file yeah, Etsy that, password. And so that's that. So you're saying that's actually a legitimate use of yeah. XML. It's not, it's, it's, it's not violating the actual way XML is supposed to work. Yes. It's just, uh, the configuration of the XML parser, because the next thing that you can do in order to stop this, uh, vulnerability being exploited is to configure the XML parser to not parse those external, uh, entities. And this is the main, the primary uh, remediation. But the, in the case of this vulnerability, the configuration must be done in the software. And depending of the language you use, then this is you'll have different syntaxes for this type of vulnerability. So is this a software? Is this an age problem? Meaning that it's only are only older XML parsers and processors vulnerable to this, or is a brand is a is a version of an XML parser that was released in the last month? Is it still going to have this problem because it's a fundamental issue? I think it's an awareness problem first of all. So in the case of Java, you need to write a piece of code to actually forbid parsing external entities. 
In the case of .NET, though, especially in the latest frameworks, what they've done there, they actually have, by default, this parsing is disabled. Ah. So starting from with frameworks like 4.6, by default, this is not possible anymore. Uh, so you need to actually go into the configuration and change it to parse external entities, but by default, you would not be able to do this one. In the Java, you actually need to do it. So by default, it is enabled, and you have to actually put in the code the few lines of code in order to disable this one. And when it comes to actually what are those specific lines of code, the best source out there resource for uh, the languages available is the OASP XXE prevention cheat sheet. So it's absolutely fantastic that document because it actually goes to the level of language in the case of .NET, the versions of frameworks and very, very low level guidance on what you need to do for this type of vulnerability. So I'm thinking about when you're talking about how an application or service or something like that is waiting for an XML uh, input and then processing. And I'm thinking about, like, for example, web services, which deal with a lot of XML, SOAP messages, and so forth. Um, I noticed in the top 10, it, it suggests or recommends SOAP 1.2 and higher. But even there, where you're doing that every day, you're processing XML messages every day, um, even there, you need to think about uh, which version you're using to, to address this issue. Uh, yes, definitely, definitely. That will need to be taken into account. Yes. So, what are the uh, what are the bad things that can happen then as a result of an XXE attack? Is there are there specific specific things that I should that we should be scared about if we have an XXE vulnerability? Like, I know with SQL injection, the it's every it's always clear. Everybody always understands. Like, SQL injection means somebody could ultimately, with the proper SQL commands through your application, download all your data. What's the what's the big scare with XXE? It can access file that it shouldn't access. Like, for example, on a Linux machine, it's uh, the ETC password, just an example. But I think probably the most, how to say, scary one is a line command execution. So for whatever reason, if you access or access services that you can trigger command execution, then that can be probably a more devast- devastating consequence and then what about i've I've also heard that um denial of service there's there's denial of service conditions that can stem from the xxc style attack uh what what type of um what, what types of things could go could go wrong in the denial of service realm so in that billion okay. laughs attack yes where you actually can uh, create an XML document where you have external entities that call other external entities and it goes on loop. Ah, so so when the, the loops, those, okay. yeah, so that would be, uh, how to say, a well-known uh, type of attack. So in the billion laughs attack, then the, it just, it goes into a loop and it just, every time it loops through it, Take, so it, it uses additional resources on the local host until it just runs yes. out of resources? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that certainly sounds scary. So what? Uh, how do we find these things then? What, what are the 
is there are there particular tools and techniques we can use? Do we have to find them in using manual code reviews, or what are what do you recommend for people, Katie? Well, probably the best one is um, SAST tools because it can be detected in the source code. Uh, so. Whenever you load an XML, which you would be uh, calling a load XML function, depending of your language, then that's when you can look into how that parser is configured. So probably the best one is SASTOOD because they will be more efficient in terms of coverage and time. And is that just because the... XML processing is just so clear because, you know, you always hear about SAST and false positives and that's always the big concern is the, is the searching for XXE vulnerabilities. Does that have a low false positive rate or a high false positive rate? I would expect to have a low false positive rate apart from the case of certain frameworks where the configuration would be separate at the framework level and that's when something that the scanner and automatic tool would not find it easy but for the majority of languages out there or frameworks uh, it shouldn't involve bringing a high number of false positives okay so I'm looking at the OWASP Top 10 uh, 2017, the, the the page for A4 here, and I'm looking at a couple of different things they recommend for how to prevent. So um, obviously, they talk about developer training, which is always going to be crucial for any of the items in the Top 10. The first one they, they, they list specifically is uh, use less complex data formats such as JSON. How, how does JSON help me? So JSON isn't there, – there is no type of – a, t- a vulnerability in this class that would impact JSON as well? There would be less type of vulnerability. So when it comes to the XML, we have to actually ensure the correct format, which we need to ensure also in the XML, but we uh, don't have any other uh, things that we need to look. While in the case of XML, we also need to actually check the XML configuration. So uh, from a security point of view, if you have a choice, then JSON is the preferred format. Why is that? Why why do we want? Why would somebody want to use JSON over XML? What what are the security benefits of JSON in this in this example? <laughs> So it would be the configuration and, uh, which is required for the XML parser. And generally parsing an XML is a little bit more difficult. So it sounds like it comes out to complexity, right? So with the XML, the XML parsers, the uh, DTD and trying to make sure that uh, you have a good format for XML and so on, all those kinds of things can be very complex. And you do a lot of complex things with XML, whereas JSON, as I understand it, um, can be a lot more simpler. Uh, You yourself can determine what's inside the JSON without executing it necessarily, whereas the XML parses themselves typically execute, and that's part of what the problem is here, uh, can potentially execute things that it finds in the XML while doing the parsing. And so uh, Ah, that seems, seems to be the difference between the two. So JSON doesn't have any, it doesn't have any, I, I can't actually execute commands and stuff from within a JSON request. Not if it is correctly parsed. So in the case of LCML, you also have other vulnerabilities, like, for example, uh, expat injection, depending of how it is. So it's a little bit more 
a complex document, like Robert said, the, so you, you can lead into vulnerabilities of expat injection, XML injection, if the schema is not valid. So this would be a few that I can think of. Okay. And they, uh, the top 10 also lists, of course, input validation, which is good advice for anything, <laughs> anything anybody's building. Should always have proper whitelisting and server side input validation. Uh, in this case, you could be, you know, trying to check some of the XML, um, things. I, I, I almost come to the, I come to the thought of when we're talking about prevention here, should we just tell people to not use XML anymore? Like, why do we even need XML anymore? Because XML seems like it's old and JSON seems to be that so much better and more robust. Why, why isn't this, isn't XML just going to go away on its own? So probably this would be a little bit uh, a matter of time. In, in currently there is so SOAP services where you have this format, although a service should present alternative formats as well. The benefit of using JSON is that more and more frameworks, in particular client-side frameworks like Angular, are already designed for uh, JSON. So, probably in time we can in time we can see, and with this introduction of the XXC into top ten, we can see a uh, move towards less XML and more JSON. But um, as it is at the moment, which is the first year since this. Uh, vulnerability has been added to the top 10. It's just a matter to see of how many are out there and how people think of actually moving towards JSON. So XML is still used then in a lot of different use cases across the Yes, there, there are still cases for them, yes. Uh, blogs, for example. Uh, a lot of blogs, WordPress and so forth, still send XML for blog posts and so, therefore, yeah, it's it's still going to be there for a while, unfortunately. Yeah, I guess with like a lot of things in the top ten, it, it would be we could make the problem go away easily if we could just squash an entire segment of technology like XML and just say you can't use it anymore. But in the real the real world, that's not going to be possible because even if say WordPress got rid of it today, there's still going to be legacy deployments, legacy applications, and things are going to exist for 10, 20 years in the future. So um, I guess, unfortunately, XXE is not going away anytime soon is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to see how the trend over the years will be around this one. So according to the OAS Top 10 team, there has been a trend slightly increasing on this vulnerability, on the in particular the CWE611. So I think it would be interesting to see now, after this one has been published, and more and more people learn about it, how the data is going to look in a year or a few years' time. So Katie, if you were going to... So how would you approach, uh, say, like a development team, if you're working with a development team, um, how, how would you approach preparing them to deal with this particular issue of XXE? So from my experience, first of all, there is not uh, awareness. So the, the majority of development teams that I have interacted, they have not heard of XXE before, before this document was launched. So the first one was to actually explain what the this vulnerability is all about. The next one was if they are aware that their application actually needs 
external entities, which in majority of cases it does not, or they were not aware. So just investigating what the their fun- XML functionality was for, and that's when we would work towards hardening the XML parser. And in some cases, depending of the nature of the application or or the coverage. So I had a case where a team was using it was an R project, um, and um, they had in one part or JSON in another one only one occurrence of XML. Uh, so in that case, because of the nature of that project, my suggestion was to bring it slowly towards JSON, uh, just because it would make sense to actually consolidate towards JSON slowly for the future. So that's so that's your recommendation then for everybody is to try and consolidate towards JSON in the future. Try to re- try to eliminate your your need for XML in your applications. Is that a, is that how you would recommend for it? depends depends on the application. If it's a big one that uses already massively XML, I would not ask them to rewrite it. The first thing is to actually harden the parser. But if there is something that they either has a low occurrence of XML files process, then and there is another way to achieve the same thing, then yes, that would be the next approach. So when you say harden the parser from uh, from an XML perspective, what does that actually mean? To configure in the software to not process external entities. So to uh, actually, in the case that Let's say so. Most of the time, you uh, the software accepts this this XML from outside. So if somebody submits an XML that contains this document type definition tags, then the soft the the parser should not parse in particular those. Okay, and so that's uh, so there, there's basically a twofold recommendation approach that, that that I'm taking away here that I think our listeners that are dealing with XXE and trying to understand it. The uh, harden the parser is really your first step, and then the second step is to, from an application design perspective, over time, look for ways to move away from XML and move more into using JSON that doesn't have this this ability for somebody to submit a, a, a document that has some type of command that's going to execute. <laughs> so is that is that kind of is that a good summary of kind of what you would recommend for folks? Uh, yes, but however, as uh, as we always know, the security is not that simple. So, also when it comes to JSON, uh, the other thing that I usually say is to use uh, a lib to to manipulate JSON objects to use a well-known library that hasn't any known vulnerabilities. Because if the library that they are using uh, it has vulnerabilities, then we can get into uh, Java into deserialization issues. So it's also important when they use that one to use a well-known library and never ever to actually manually create JSON uh, objects. Yeah, I think that's that's good advice as well. If if you have a framework, use the framework because the framework's been battle tested, it's been code reviewed, it's been it's it's been through lots of different challenges whereas if you try to write your own parser for anything you're always you're always seem to be getting in trouble if you're ever writing your own parser to do kind of any type of any type of processing. Yes. 
All right, Katie, well, thank you for taking the time today to explain XXE and, and helping us to continue in our series of understanding the new items that exist in the OWASP two, Top 10 2017 edition. So um, we, we thank you very much for your time and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at a conference here soon. Thank you very much. Thanks for your time as well, both Chris and Robert. Thanks for listening to the Application Security Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please do us a favor and visit the iTunes store and give us a five-star rating. Our intro music is 8-Bit Kung Fu by Bourne and TJ, and the outro is Southern Delight by Stefan Kartenberg. You can find us on Twitter at AppSecPodcast or on the web at www.appsecpodcast.org.